Welcome back to Limbach Unlocked. Oh, to be financially fit. Well, good news is I have someone here today who has the right financial barbells and yoga mats to help us on our financial fitness journey. And one of our core values is we care. And folks, we care about you as a whole person, and that includes your financial wellness. So Ashley Ross is joining us today from Limbach to talk about how she stays fit, investing in saving and budgeting. I promise you, you'll learn a few things today about planning and living for your best life. I'm your host, Katie Mystery. Let's get started, shall we? Hi, Ashley. Welcome. Hi, Katie. How are you? So good. I'm so excited about you being here today. Can we start with you just telling us about yourself, um, your current role, your background, your experience? Well, actually, I will be celebrating my 10-year anniversary at Limbaugh. Congratulations. Thank you. I know. I can't believe a decade has already passed. It it seems like it was just yesterday I had started. So, um, yeah, I was actually just recently promoted from being a senior accountant to an accounting supervisor. So Again, um, congratulations. (laughs) A lot to celebrate. uh, Definitely, I'm, I'm in a new role now looking for forward to the new experiences and I now have a, an employee to manage. So, you know, definitely I, I'm excited about the future. When you say that it seems like yesterday that you started here, is, that's a good thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> just, just making sure. <laughs> you know, I've been through so many things, like I've seen Limbaugh transition in so many ways. It's like every year, like something new keeps happening. Time just seems to fly by because we have things like that, that like the years have just passed by because we have these new like tasks and opportunities that are keeping us busy. And, you know, they're also great learning experiences as well. Oh yeah. I completely agree. And it reminds me of the phrase, the only constant, the only real constant is change, right? So So most people don't like change and I can be one of those people, but it can also be like fun, you know, because you do get to like learn and experience new things that you wouldn't never have had the opportunity to. Right. I think it depends on frequency and, you know, the duration of the change and what kind of, so there's a lot of variables there, but um, I, I agree with you that it does seem like a blink of an eye for those of us who have been here for, you know, a hot second. Um, But I asked you on the show today because you have a lot of experience, obviously here and in the working world and specifically in um, an area of expertise that I think would be really helpful for our listeners to hear more about. You've talked to our company before about financial wellness. And I think that that's an important enough topic to bring to this podcast space as well. So with this idea of wellness as the foundation of our conversation. What are your thoughts on this statement? Money can't buy happiness. Um, I think, you know, true happiness kind of comes within, within. you have to find, you know, kind of like what you're passionate about. Um, it's not always like possessions that you, you know, that can be bought. Um, money does make things in life easier you know, you can go out and like afford to, you know, buy this or that, or even, you know, put food on the table, but it also does like complicate things. Cause they always say, you know, the, 
more money, more problems, you know, yeah. you start. <laughs> no, it's mo money, mo problems. Yes, mo, mo money, mo problems. I got you. Um, you know, whenever you do have more money, a lot of people tend to start spending a little bit more. They start mm-hmm. spending, you know, outside of their means. And that's where you can kind of like get into financial trouble because now you're spending more than, than you're probably bringing in. And same with like that saying, like keeping up with the Joneses, you know, a lot of people are always trying to have like the next bigger and better thing. And that's not always how you want to live by. Um, me personally, you know, it's nice to have nice things but I always I'm like a bargain shopper I try like shop around look for the best (laughs) prices don't be like ashamed to buy something used especially like if it's in good shape you know so um you just need to find that right balance yeah yeah no and I, I wanted to ask that because um you know as part of this podcast we talk about a lot of different topics and I want people to realize that there are experts in our own company who have expertise in different areas of life and it's not just business, but it does relate to business. So I want to ensure all of our listeners, whether they're customers or employees, um, we want to make sure that they're not only happy, but financially stable. So we're going to dive into a couple of those more specific items that can help with financial stability um, because we do care. And I think that comes from our we care value of we care about the whole person, your whole experience. And I agree with you that there's that that balance between it's good to have money, but you got to know how to use it well. Um, Yeah, you need the right tools in your toolbox. You need the right, and that is why you're here, Ashley, because you have that toolbox stocked full and I need to know what's in it. So my first question for you is how do we leverage our paychecks. We all get paychecks here. Um, how do we leverage them to plan for our future financially? Um, so I think the first thing to think about is, you know, uh, your 401k, mm-hmm. you know, the company contributes 4%. So mm-hmm. I would automatically take advantage and contribute up to that 4%, you know, um, and cause that's free money, you know, you're yeah. leaving that on table if you're not taking advantage of that and we don't have like a vesting period like other companies have a vesting period where like you have to be with them for three years before in wow um, okay yeah like sometimes companies have a long vesting period where you you won't be able to take that money with you that the company gives if you leave before that three years but we don't have that vesting period so if you started tomorrow and left in a year from now then you would have all that money to take with you. So it's, and, it's something to take advantage of. Right. And as you like continue to receive raises throughout the years, you know, put that percentage towards your 401k because you're already used to living on that certain amount that you're making. And it's just very important that you are saving for retirement in the future and as soon as possible because, um, you know, time is, is something that you can't buy. So good point. The, good point. Yeah. <laughs> the, the sooner that you start saving, you know, the greater like compounded returns you'll have than if you were to save later. So okay. I know early on in our careers, it's hard for us to contribute early, uh, you know, make contributions, but it, I think you can try to do the 4% and that would yeah. be very beneficial. Makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, also there's like the HSA, 
that mm -hmm. kind of has like a triple tax benefit. So if you're with the high deductible plan, I would definitely uh, look into contributing to that and maybe contributing a little bit more than you need because this is something that, unlike the FSA, you, you get to keep this money even after the year. With the FSA, you, you use it or you lose it after. Ooh, okay. You know. um, and when I say triple tax savings for the HSA, it is pre-tax contributions. So that means like you are not being taxed on it whenever it's being deducted from your paycheck. Okay. And you're not being taxed on any of the earnings. So if you are investing your HSA, which I highly recommend to invest those funds, I think anything over $2,000 you can invest. Okay. Um, and so any of the earnings you make on that investment is tax-free and any of the withdrawals is tax-free. So there's great tax benefits to that. And you can use that for any of your medical expenses and save that for when you retire, you know, when you don't have that extra income coming in, that's only going to grow with you. And Ashley, you just blew my mind. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, like, I, I take advantage of this and I try to contribute as much as I can because I'm just using this as like another vehicle to save for my future. And when I retire, so, you know, my 401k, I can just use that for the retirement money I need and my HSA that'll go for my medical benefits when I'm, but, but there really is this philosophy that you're espousing right now, which is all about forward thinking. Like you have to be a visionary. You have to think about the future in order to use your money well now. And I think that is a challenge for a lot of people. Well, so they actually, it's funny that you say that they did a study um, about this and they had, you know, basically our generation kind of use a, I think it was Facetune where they aged mm -hmm. us and they kind of, right. kind of talk about, um, you know, what, you know, based on what we look like 30, 40 years from now, seeing ourselves like kind of old, gray and wrinkly. And that kind of scared people because they don't think about oh themselves goodness. as aging. And once they had seen themselves kind of look the age of retirement age, it had really wanted them to kind of increase those contributions for the future so they can take care of themselves. How incredible. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I got to find that study. That just sounds absolutely fascinating, but we are so motivated by that. The looks of it all. I know I watched it on Netflix called mm -hmm. money explained and they have one about retirement and it's where, and, and they talk about it on there. Yeah. Okay. So, so look that up. Okay. I will. And for all our listeners, you got, you got some homework. <laughs> all right. I don't, I don't mean to cut you off. Is there any other way we can leverage our paychecks? Um, so this is, um, you can also contribute to an IRA, but that's not really a part of, you know, a tax deduction that would come out of our paycheck for, uh, you know, from Limbaugh. It would be something separate that you would need to do on your own and, you know, contribute on a monthly or yearly basis, whichever you prefer. Um, you know, there's a traditional IRA, which is pre-tax. So basically you take the tax deduction now, but you pay taxes on the earnings and uh, 
in the future whenever you would make the withdrawals. Or you could do the Roth IRA, which is more pushed. Uh, you know, people like Susie Orman and Dave Ramsey, they really push for the Roth IRA. It's what I personally do, uh, where, you know, your money is taxed yeah. right now. The money I put into the fund is already taxed. So in 50 years from now, when I'm pulling the money out, like it's all my earnings are not taxable. So I don't have to pay taxes in the future. You know, why do you want to have to worry about taxes? Uh. You know, when you're not working, when, you know, you're like living on a limited budget, you know, that's just one additional expense that you don't want to have to, to worry about. Oh, makes, makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. Complete sense. So I, I, I highly recommend the Roth. Okay. That's, that is good to know. That's something that I also, uh, use or contribute to. So I, I was introduced to that pretty early on um, in my work experience. And mm-hmm. I'm very grateful that I have been able to contribute to it because yes. I do think that it will pay dividends in the future. And with so. the IRA, you can contribute up to $6,000 a year. So, yeah. you know, if this Crazy. is something you're getting new into, you know, maybe just like put $50 a month aside or a hundred bucks and just mm-hmm. keep Keep kind of like working up to that until maybe you can get to the $6,000 a year. So, so speaking of those baby steps, cause I know this is something, um, from listening to you before that there are such a thing as baby steps. We try and do a lot of things at once, but it's good to break it down. Um, if you're, if, okay, let's think about saving and paying off debt. Obviously one of those ways that we could be making the most of our paychecks is by, by doing some of these bigger items of investing, you know, our paychecks into the right things. But what are some of those other baby steps to saving and paying off debt specifically? Because we all kind of are coming into either work or mid-career or even late career with debt because that's just the world we live in. So how do we, how do we figure that out? Um, so the first baby step is to save $1,000 for your starter emergency fund. Uh, it's, it's surprising how many people out there don't even have a thousand dollars saved. So this, this is a very small goal that you can use to, to start out with your savings. And this will help you if you have like an unexpected expense come up, like your car broke down, you need tires, you have that money. So you don't have to put that on credit or figure out how you're going to pay for it. You have that money set aside for that emergency. Gotcha. Um, the next step is, um, paying off all your debt with the exception of your house using the snowball debt method. So this is where, you know, you want to pay off your car loan, your student loans, your credit cards, and you list out all your debts and put them with the balances, smallest to largest. And they, they say to not worry about the interest rate. And what you do is make the minimum payments on all of them with the exception of the smallest debt and you just start attacking that smallest debt. So like, let's say you have like a $2,000 student loan, that's your smallest debt and your minimum payment's like 50 bucks, but you can afford a hundred bucks. You, you keep putting a hundred dollars all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, all any right. extra money um, that you have. And I honestly have personally done this anytime I got like a tax return back or a mm-hmm. bonus or anything, any unexpected money that kind of came to me, yeah. I put it immediately to that smallest debt and would just knock it out, knock it out, knock it out. 
and it really does work. And the psychology of it is incredible because it's mm-hmm. like you you take away that that smallest debt and you're like, well, heck yeah, I can tackle the next yeah. one. <laughs> it's like a euphoric feeling. You feel yeah. so good about yourself, and you're like, oh, for sure. Oh, that's gone, especially with like the student loans. That was like the first thing mm. I did, and you know, mm-hmm. coming out of college and <laughs> oh yeah, being thousands of dollars in debt and you know, barely having two pennies to your name. It's very terrifying. So oh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so then after you kind of start knocking out those expenses or the, the debts that you have, the next is to save three to six months for a fully funded um, emergency fund. And so add up all of your expenses on a monthly basis and times that by three or six, depending on how many months you want to to save for. And having this emergency fund in place um, helps for like the surprise of like a job loss or maybe Mm -hmm. you have to take FMLA where you're not gonna be paid, but you're taking that time off of work. So you're not getting paid. Um, You know, uh, like your car breaks down and you need to replace the car. You have that down payment to go out and buy a new car rather than going deeper into debt. So you're planning for the things that you can't plan for. Pretty much. And I know, love it. Like that like um, kind of security blanket you have. Yeah. So now like you don't have to worry as much if like a hiccup happens or a bump in the road, you know, you're, you're going to be financially prepared and don't have to be so worried, especially like we, we all just went through COVID. So many people, you know, lost their jobs and uh, had their hours cut. And, you know, even with the inflation of prices, you know, you have this like emergency fund to kind of like cover some of those like extra expenses or, you know, unexpected income loss. I mean, I even think of the lesser evils, like those are true evils. Those are really hard things that people have had to deal with. But even the lesser things like Christmas 2021, the prices are through the roof. Like you said, inflation is just out of control and being able to have some presents for your family and ordering them on time, buying them on time, being able to afford them. Like this could even help with that. Well, you could also set up, um, I think my, my mom had this, I think when we were kids, it was called a Christmas club, I think. And she contributed Mm. to it. I don't know if they still do it, but she contributed to it like out of every paycheck or something like that. Um, and so then when Christmas t- came, she didn't have to worry about like where she was going to get the money to pay Christmas, buy Christmas presents. Um, oh, or you could just start up like a, a savings account, you know, for- Just for that. For yeah, and put mm-hmm. money towards it for like, uh, you know, out of each paycheck. Like Christmas, birthdays, paycheck. all that stuff. Uh, yeah, we do in our family a, a vacation account. So every yes. time we get paid, I put money into a vacation savings account. So when we go on vacation, I don't have to think about where that money is coming from. Like I already know Incredible. I have it socked away in that account. And once I like book it, I just make a transfer right from the account to my credit card and like don't have to worry. You're about like it. done. I don't yes. even have to think about it anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's that is a true vacation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, you know, oh, you awesome. can enjoy yourself and you don't have to worry about how you're going to pay for it. Put those thousands of dollars on your credit card and then like 
after you get back, you're like, man, <laughs> how am I going to pay for this now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for those steps. Were there more? I don't want to cut you off. Oh, yeah, there was. There, so there's, Oh, please uh, there's, go ahead. Um, so step number four is in, uh, once you do the first three, invest up to 15% of your household income into your retirement. So, you know, we, I, like I said, start out with that 4% to get the company match. And then as you keep paying off your debts and growing your savings, bump those retirement contributions up as well. You know, once you get to the 15%, uh, they say, I'm not, don't, don't stop there, but that's whenever you can kind of move to the next step, which is save for your child's college fund. And okay. I would start saving for that, you know, as soon as your child is born, you know, put, put a little bit here in here each month. Um, it's kind of funny. I have a two year, two and a half year old daughter. I've been saving for her since she was only a couple months old. I did a calculator to see if I am saving enough. I'm scared. And it told me I was going to come back 30 to $40,000 short. And I thought you I was are kidding me. In, yeah. It, um, I think for all four years of college, it was well over a hundred thousand dollars. And I think that was like at a state school. Oh. That's what it's projecting out, you know, 16, 17 years from now. And I'm like, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. That's sickening. <laughs> I know. So, you know, horrifying now because your poor children, they're, they're going to be in worse shape than we are. Yeah. And that's hard to imagine, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Debt wise, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense to do as much as you can as soon as you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's only going to grow. So, because it has 18 years for that, that money to grow till they go into college. She's two and a half. Yeah. Well, good luck. Good luck with Thank that you. one, Ashley. <laughs> um, so, then the next step is pay off your home early. So, now that you're, you're saving that 15% for your retirement, you're adding to your kids college fund. Now put that extra income to paying off your mortgage. And it's just going to be like that snowball, you know, paying off your debts. You're going to see that your mortgage balance could keep going down and down and down. It, it, it becomes like an addiction where you just be like, like I need to keep putting more and more and more until it, it's completely gone. And that it's, is amazing. It's a very, yeah, freeing feeling. So um, and then, yeah, once you pay off your home early, uh, the final step is just build wealth and give. So then you can bump up those retirement contributions until you're maxing it out, max out your IRA, your HSA, and invest in whatever else you'd like to. Yeah. And I really like that addition of giving too. I mean, in a lot of these steps, you are giving because you're planning for the future. You're planning for your children. Um, you're, you're planning to take care of yourself and others, but, but making that specific, putting that specific word in there to give, I think is really, really important because at the end of the day, you can't take it with you. Right. <laughs> and, you know, like we had talked about, you know, earlier money can't buy happiness. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think a lot of people, when we give, you know, that makes us feel happy, you know? Yeah. One of the yeah. things that we always do, especially at Christmas time is do toys for tots. You know, we yes. like to go buy toys and, you know, it just like makes us feel like really good inside, yeah. you know, to be able to give. Yeah. 
And that's another reason to save because you'll have Mm -hmm. more to give. Yes, exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing those steps. Many of us like to have a black and white plan, you know, Um, and some of us, you know, are developing that skill. So we're going to keep talking about this because it's important, but I want to take a quick break from these tips and tricks to get to know you a little bit better. So we're going to jump into one of our fun segments called Let's Get Inspirational. I, <laughs> I'm i going to give you two inspirational quotes that I found on the trusty interweb, and you just have to pick which one resonates with you the most and tell us why. Okay. Okay. All right. The first quote is, you're still a rock star, I whisper to myself as I take my multivitamin and get into bed at 9 p.m. Okay, that's quote number one. Again, inspirational. Quote number two, don't take life too seriously. No one makes it out alive. I would say don't take life too seriously because no one makes it out alive. I think that makes sense with what we've been talking about so far. All right, but tell us why. Um, I don't know. I like to, you know, joke around and stuff like that. And um, also, you know, like I said, planning, you know, I like to plan for the future. So I love that because you've been talking about balance and how you have to joke around. You have to have a good time. You have to live your life. But at the same time, we want to plan. We want to invest. We want to make sure that we're taking care of other people. Um, So you can't go wrong with that second inspirational quote. Um, I think that last quote is good in doses for sure. Like, like you said, we still want to seriously focus on our, on our life and our financials, but that focus could look different at each life stage, right? So moving on to, um, back to our questions, what are some critical accounts and plans? And I know you've kind of already talked about this, so we can breeze through it, but what are some critical accounts and plans we should be thinking about at each stage of life and how should we use them? Well, if we had talked about, uh, you know, retirement, we should always be thinking about retirement, start as early as possible. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it has been estimated that the average American should have about $1 million saved for retirement to be able to retire comfortably. So definitely start saving as soon as possible. Um, the next one we had talked about, you know, 529 plan, you know, whenever you have um, your first child, you can go ahead, start saving for them and for their future, but make sure that you're taking care of yourself first too in retirement. Um, Cause like we had mentioned, you can't buy time. Yes, <laughs> so you, right. You can't, you can't buy back those years that you did not contribute to uh, retirement. Um, and then also the HSA savings, um, all the tax benefits to that, because that's only going to help you in your future too. Um, and even, you know, if you're not retired and you have some unexpected medical expenses, you know, you can use that at any point in time. Um, I think that's pretty much. Yeah. It sounds like. Um, Another thing, always Mm -hmm. budget. This is one thing that we have not talked about is Mm -hmm. to create a monthly budget. Um, Put together your monthly income and start subtracting out 
your monthly expenses. So that's going to be like your mortgage, your utilities, um, debts, you know, like your credit cards, your student loans, um, any personal like expenses like entertainment or restaurants. Yes, restaurants, even groceries. And, you know, at the end of your budgeting process, you know, you'll come up with either you have a deficit where you're spending more than you're making, or you'll, you'll have excess funds where, you know, you're, you're not, you're, you're spending within your means, living within your means. And I would take, if you have an excess amount of funds, I would start to use that to invest in the stock market or bonds, or, you know, even bump up your contributions as well, like to your retirement accounts. There's many different vehicles that you can do to continue to invest. Um, trying to and that sounds like it would be good at any life stage. And it also sounds like you need yeah. to, you need to be consistent in doing that, right? Yeah. You need to do it on a monthly basis. You need to hold yourself accountable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you are having a deficit in your monthly budget, you need to go back and revisit and see where you can cut out some of those extra expenses. A lot of examples that people commonly use is, you know, your daily cup of Starbucks, you know? Oh (laughs) no, we need our Starbucks. (laughs) Yes. So little things like that, that are probably like four or $5 a day that you don't necessarily need, you know, that could Mm -hmm. really add up, especially going through the whole year that's definitely over a thousand dollars for those savings oh yeah gosh I mean and I know there's different ways that people can track this like my husband and I we use an app called YNAB and it stands for you need a budget (laughs) um it's it's pretty awesome it does you have to do have to pay for it so I'm sure there are free ones out there that you know of and then uh friends of ours use just the in a notebook and keep the receipts. So there's, there's different ways to go about it. Are there any other resources that you know of? Yeah, you can definitely do it manually. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know, like I just bought um, my new planner for next year and they have like a budgeting section in there, but I don't really use that one. I use, I actually use Dave Ramsey's mm-hmm. every dollar app. Um, you do have to, you, you can pay for that where it imports your expenses or you can have the free version, which is where you manually key everything in. Okay. And I, I actually manually key everything in. Um, not because I'm like that extremely frugal, but because um, I have several different savings accounts. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I have the vacation account and we have a couple different savings accounts that we use, you know, for various reasons of, of yeah. things we're saving for. And the transfers in between the accounts and my checking account, they tend to get really like, it tends to get confused and you spend like too much time, like reconciling them. Okay. So, <laughs> it's technology, you know, it yeah. has its pros and cons. So, cause um, I used to use Mint, which is a free resource, yes. which is powered by QuickBooks, I believe. Mm-hmm. And it was happening with that as well. And I tried doing it a couple different times and I just gave up and I was like, I'm, I'm just going to 
take like five minutes out of every week and just key in everything. My husband and I will both sit there and key in each from like our credit card night right there. Yeah. So, and then go over our budgets. So there definitely are some free resources. Okay. Google. I think Google is your friend here too. You could Google free budget apps or methods and and that's another way to get there and and then I have to start closing us out here but it's so the stuff is so good to think about um it's so important that we are planning early planning ahead and I mentioned at the beginning of our show today that you spoke to our employees before about financial wellness can you address that before the end here um what does that mean what does financial wellness mean to you so I, I think it's important to um, take care of like your expenses and monitor um, because you want to have the ability to rest in the future whenever you're getting older and spend your time doing something that like you enjoy besides like not working unless you really want to work you know, unless you're one of those <laughs> of course stop working but you know, it's, it's best to get a jump start on being financially fit. So it's only going to benefit you in your future. And you will have the money that you need when you need it. And also like, keep trying to live within your means. Uh, don't accumulate any extra debt, pay that debt off. And um, having the appropriate amount of savings will take a burden off of you in the future. You know, I think, being financially fit, you know, relieves a lot of that, you know, stress and maybe some of those things that keep us up at night, you know, worrying about. And I think that really goes into the play of wellness, you know, yes, you know, your whole mind, body, spirit kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. I know this, this whole talk was enlightening for me and I'm sure it is for our listeners as well. And I have one last question to close us out. It's our infamous curveball question, which has absolutely nothing to do with the important topic that we've discussed today, but this one is still really important. Forget about the curveball, Ricky. Give him the heater. If you could hang out with any cartoon character, who would you choose and why? You can take some time to think about it. I don't know. I feel. I know you have a two and a half year old, so all, any cartoons in your mind right now are probably related to so that. So I guess what's coming to my mind is Scooby Doo. Yeah. <laughs> Solving mysteries. Solving yes. some crimes. Um, whenever I was a child, I always loved Scooby Doo. Um, and I actually got my daughter into it. And now, so she loves Scooby-Doo. And it's just, I, I don't that. know, it's kind of fun to watch and, you know, solve mysteries and yeah. be in a gang. And um, I don't know. It's kind of cute when I watch her watch it. She'll be like, mama, there's a monster. And she just gets like so into it. She's like not scared at all, but. I don't know. I would say because that was one of my favorite cartoons growing up. That's a good up. answer. Now, now my that's a, kind of one of my daughter's favorites too. Mm-hmm. So. See, there's some shows that have that generational <laughs> span. That's just an incredible testament. And it has to the be show. the old Scooby Doo. Of course. The old. Of course. They, they have like a a couple reboots on Netflix, oh. and I'm just like, no, I, don't, nope. I can't do it. It has to be the old ones. 
We might offend some people there, but I completely agree with you. <laughs> the tried and true, the classics here. I like this too because it's kind of like in line with your role in this show today is you're solving the mystery of where we should spend our money, how we should save. So so nice. That was excellent. Thank you. And I do want to thank you formally and officially for joining us today. This has been a great experience. I appreciate you taking the time. No, thank you, Katie. I, re I really appreciate this opportunity, being able to speak to everybody. And I hope, um, you know, everyone out there is able to, to take what I said and kind of apply it to their own lives and become uh, financially fit. Scooby-Doo enthusiast or not, Ashley did help us solve a mystery today, one that all of us can relate to at some level. So take these messages to heart and start to snowball your financial life in the right direction, one baby step at a time. We'll catch you next time on Limbach Unlocked. Thank you.